The atoning death of Christ is found throughout the Old Testament, not only in prophecies, but also in types and figures and pictures of one dying for the sake of another. The clearest presentation is from Isaiah, chapter 53. Who has believed what we heard? And to whom shall the arm of the Lord be be revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or beauty that we should look at him, no comeliness that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, they made his grave with the wicked, And with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, it was the will of the Lord to crush him when he had put him to grief, when he makes himself an offering for sin. He shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. He will see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. For he poured out his soul unto death and was numbered among transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Here ends the Old Testament. Jesus the Christ is prophet, high priest, and king. We easily see him as prophet as he was born and did his work as ministry. We see him at this day as high priest, And on Easter, we will see him as the victorious king. The epistle points 
our hearts to Jesus as high priest. From Hebrews chapter 9, beginning verse 11. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once and for all into the most holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, then how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Here ends the epistle. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. On this Good Friday, our text is the epistle read earlier from Hebrews chapter 9. This is our text. Dear saints of God in Christ Jesus, saints only because of the high priesthood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Without Jesus, there would be no expectation of any good things. With all the troubles that we have around us and the threats of war, a bomb named after the place of Moab, the North Koreans making warnings that they will certainly hit us with nuclear power, with all this turmoil all around us, if we're only expecting in human agency and government and earthly might to fix it, we are useless fools as much as we may try to keep peace and stave off trouble, we have no ability to have any of these things in and of ourselves. If we trust in the arm of man, it will always fail. And in the end, all human enterprises at peace will only end up in the failure of the last day. The writer to the Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the high priest of the good things that have come and, in fact, will continue to be coming, especially when he returns again as King of kings and Lord of lords. But he says when Christ, the anointed one, appeared as high priest, when he manifested himself as high priest, Go back to Christmas, how he was born, the magi, the manifestation of who he was by a star, and then all of his miracles and wondrous things that he did throughout his ministry, even raising the dead. Those manifested that he was God and man who had come to redeem us. But the height of this manifestation, this display, 
that Christ brings us good heavenly things is that the scandal of the cross on this Good Friday there are sermons that have been given that don't point there at all they speak about geopolitical things or how we are to live with each other in peace and being nice with each other that's no manifestation of God's grace or his mercy the height of everything for which the Old Testament points is there even beginning with Genesis chapter 3 where the woman's seed child would come and although Satan could get his fangs into that child and bring a most terrible, long, torturous death, which would be fulfilled with the six hours of agony on the cross, in spite of that, the woman's seed, Jesus Christ, will finally crush Satan's head and power and set us free. Good Friday is the fulfillment of all of these prophecies of how the Son of God would come and display His grace and His power to save us. But these words speak to us in Old Testament language as Jesus, the great and eternal high priest, who would go through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. That was originally that tent and later, of course, the temple itself. But here... The writer is not speaking of any earthly place, not something made with hands, not part of this creation. When Jesus would finally die at three in the afternoon, he would enter in before the face of his heavenly Father. As the writer to the Hebrews will later say, not bringing the blood of bulls and goats, but his own blood as a sacrifice. He doesn't enter into an earthly holy of holies, sprinkling blood on the Ark of the Covenant. He brings his own blood before the face of the Father. He entered once and for all into the most holy place. The Old Testament times of the Day of Atonement had to be repeated yearly. And the high priest had to go in beyond the veil every year with that blood to make atonement. And it happened hundreds and hundreds of years in a row. But with the coming of Jesus, when he dies, that veil, that heavy curtain of the temple is torn not from bottom to top, which was what human beings might accomplish, but torn from top to bottom by the very finger of God. The separation between God and man is torn away and Jesus enters before his Father with his own blood. What I'm wearing you will only see this night on Good Friday. The black is not uncommon, but this red pattern is significant. With the development of this particular vestment called a chasuble, or little tent, this pattern becomes popular very early in the church. If you look, you can see, in a sense, 
the picture or outline of Jesus who is nailed to the cross. His hands, his head, his body. This is how he appears. We're told as we hear the gospel account of his suffering, they stripped him. They took away all of his clothes, even his undergarment. We might be aghast at that whole point, but the early church reassures us that he was not naked. He was, in fact, clothed in the most precious high priestly dress, vestment that could ever possibly be. He is not naked. He is clothed in his own innocent blood. Because as we hear again what they do to him, beginning with his arrest, until the time he is beaten as he goes up to Golgotha, when he is on the cross, he is covered in blood, his own. He is the innocent and perfect high priest who has fulfilled everything. He brings his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption once and for all. Nothing can ever be done to take away any notion of sin from this point on. It is all Jesus or it is nothing. On this Good Friday, we have to make sure that in our hearts we're putting away any sense that we can somehow gain forgiveness or peace or atonement by anything that we do or say or think or intend. Any of those self-righteous thoughts disdain what Christ did at the cross. We instead would then be putting ourselves in his place. He gives an Old Testament example of what had happened for centuries, the sprinkling of people who had become unclean or defiled with the blood of goats and bulls and ashes from heifers. That was done if someone came and, and touched anything that was associated with death or evil or sickness or disease. There was a whole purification event that had to take place. He says, and if the blood of mere goats and bulls and ashes from a heifer can take away this outward impurity, then how much more shall the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience? Purify your conscience that you are seen in God's eyes as pure, sinless, perfect, with nothing against you. But notice there is a movement here. If we really believe that he has come to do this for us and it's accomplished at the cross when he finally says, according to John's account, it is finished, it has been completed. If we have that faith that he's done this for us in his love, then notice again, he offered himself without blemish to God to purify your conscience away from dead works to serve, to be serving the living God. Good Friday has always meant to make a change. 
the works of death, of selfishness, of sin, of pride, of everything imaginable. If there are any of these things that plague you or have taken hold of you, the power of Christ on the cross is able to purify you, cleanse you from these works of death that only bring judgment, but also to move you into now serving the living God. The term here for serving is again a priestly terminology. The priests were to joyfully be serving God in the Old Testament temple and tabernacle. We're to move away from having joy from the ways of the world to having a greater joy in serving, not self, but serving God and one another. And doing so trusting in God's grace and mercy through Christ the great high priest. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.